You're listening to the Elevate Your Brand podcast, where we talk to some of the smartest entrepreneurs and fastest growing brands on the market today. I'm your host, Laurel Mintz, a reformed corporate M&A attorney who founded award-winning LA-based marketing agency, Elevate My Brand. We've elevated some of the world's biggest brands from Facebook, Paw Patrol, and Verizon to innovative startups you haven't even heard of yet. Are you ready to elevate your brand? Keep listening. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Elevate Your Brand. I, of course, am your host, Laurel Mintz, and I am joined today by Alex Suri, who is one of the co-founders of Calendly. Alex, thank you for joining us today. No, thanks for having me. It's a real honor. So Calendly is like the next generation hand sanitizer, which came about in perfect timing. And I know you have a really interesting and your team has a really interesting background in CPG. So share with us a little bit about what, what Cleanly is and how you came to create it. Sure. So Cleanly is an all natural cleansing brand. And our first product is a Rosemary Yuzu moisturizing hand sanitizer. And it's born from this radical notion that your hands have skin too which seems to have been forgotten given the pandemic times. And, you know, as co-founders, the, uh, the three friends, um, you know, myself included, we were catching up virtually on Zoom um, early in the pandemic. And we noticed a common problem, which was um, that traditional hand sanitizers weren't prepared for practical daily use. And they feel... Um, you know, dehydrating on your skin and, and your hands feel stripped of the skin. And they use all of these harsh ingredients. Um, you know, one of them, for example, was menthol, which was removed um, by the FDA. Right. And um, it's an ingredient that's also found in nail polish removers, for example. So you kind of think, well, you know, we, we probably shouldn't be using this on our hands to the extent that we are now. Everyone's so, you know, hyper-focused on um, sanitizing and staying clean. Uh, and so, you know, the, the three of us, we have a, you know, collectively we're in very different parts of CPG, but we were actually able to come together and form this brand. And we're really excited about it. And it's, it's really amazing. You know, I get sent a lot of product and um, I got the bottles and first and foremost, I, I just love the packaging. It's got that very, almost like a millennial kind of feel to it with this um, unicorn rainbow shimmer. Talk to me a little bit about the packaging and how you came about uh, developing that. Yeah, the packaging is amazing. Um, and so that was created by Interact Boulder. And the style that we were going for um, is enticing and it's fresh. And um, I think given the times that we're in and understanding that uh, this is going to be a common theme in terms of sanitizing um, you know, in the years going forward, uh, we said, you know what, if this is a, a daily skincare routine, and that's how we're going to view it, let's have packaging that reflects that, you know, we're using mm -hmm. great ingredients like the yuzu and rosemary oil. Um, and so if, if we can incorporate those types of fresh ingredients that are natural, you know, incorporating the organic alcohol, which is cane derived and grown in the US, if we can incorporate that into our packaging style, then I think that we can really present something that's attractive to a consumer. 
Um, and yeah. I think they've done a really great job. And, and to the extent that um, this is a very portable package within that, this is, you know, our first product line is the 30 ml frosted glass, mm-hmm. uh, which is thick glass. And um, it can be easily transported with a, a spray cap that mists. And, you know, we think that you know, this kind of misting is actually a really enjoyable way to use the product instead of kind of lathering it on your hands. And so the liquid itself is very soft on your skin instead Mm -hmm. of going for the formula of a gel, which is um, a little bit more, it feels like a little bit more like plasticky. Um, Mm -hmm. And we didn't also, we didn't want the product to be um, granular and that you feel many alcohols are like that um, and or they smell um, like a tequila or a vodka or something like that. So that's why we went for the for the the cane derived, which is much sweeter as a scent. It is. It's amazing. Um, so you know, aside from having this very like posh packaging, which by the way, I have sitting in my cup holder in my car and sitting at the front door for when we come in the house. So I am definitely a convert. Um, but to your point the the feel of it is really different. And having been in this pandemic for some time now, you're completely right. There's such a difference between using different types of hand sanitizers and the ones that we kind of originated and that just totally stripped dry feeling that uh, cleanly does not do, cleanly does not do. And I have to say, I actually, you know, you wear masks and I feel like I'm always like getting so many germs in the mask. I took it the other day and I sprayed it on my face. That's how um, <laughs> confident I was in it not hurting me. Like, I, I love to hear that. And um, look, you're right. And I'm the same way. I, I'm a complete convert. Um, and I use this daily. I have this in you know my car, on my desk, in a golf bag. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that you can you know have it in enough places. Um, I think in saying that, um, you know, it, it's, it really ties down to the formula and right. within that it's the ethos behind the product. And, you know, ultimately it's, it's from the team that I'm surrounded with. I'm very grateful for it. And the product is manufactured in an over the counter drug, uh, facility. It's two FDA standards. We do everything by the book. And we understand the CDC guidelines that they've outlined. And I think ultimately there's, there's been some distrust within the sanitizer marketplace and mm-hmm. we want to restore that. And that's why we're super uh, forthcoming about what this product is. We have third party lab results, which validate the potency of the alcohol that we have. Um, and we also have traceability on all the ingredients, not only from um, vendor compliance, but also to the level of um, origin of the ingredients that we're using, such as the rosemary, you know, such as the alcohol, um, all of those things tie in. And, and uh, I think consumers nowadays, uh, they really read up on what they're, what they're using, what they're going to be using as, as buyers. Um, yeah. And so I think tying all of that together, um, to your point, now you're like, I feel comfortable to use this um, as much as I can and, and, you know, spray this on your hands consistently during the day, right? It's Mm -hmm. not, you know, like you're using it once and you don't feel like you can use it again because it's, it's, you know, tough on the skin or anything like that. 
Yeah. I mean, who thought we were going to be even having these conversations? It's just so wild. But to your point, you know, there's so many companies out there that were like, oh, I see an opportunity here. I'm just going to pivot and make uh, a, a hand sanitizer. And it's just not, it's, it just doesn't do um, what you want it to do. It dries you out or it's non-compliant. Um, I think it's amazing that you guys were able to build this company up in such a short period of time. Can you speak a little bit about your background and history and why you're able to ramp this? Because we've been talking to a lot of different companies that have been trying to do this and they just simply don't have bandwidth capacity or knowledge on how to build a brand that quickly. Yeah. And look, I think ultimately it's a team effort. And um, my background is I'm currently the vice president and co-founder of Miku Biosciences, which is a CM for over-the-counter drugs as well as USDA organic products. So within that, you know, we have a, a pretty deep knowledge in one the consumer side and and uh, the development of formulas in a turnkey environment, whereby right. you know we can really stage a supply chain and quickly. And what we do on that side of the business is we launch brands um, with speed to market. And obviously hitting all the compliance goals that we have through validation testing and all of those sorts of things. Um, and then also the other teammates, Ryan Lewenden from uh, Gianuzzi Group and now Lu- Gianuzzi Lewenden, I should say, um, mm. who represents, you know, I think it's over a thousand CPG brands on the yeah, legal so side. Great. Amazing. Um, as well as Blake Mitchell from Interact Boulder, who obviously handled all the branding and, and the marketing presence that we have. And so, you know, collectively through our networks, we were able to launch this product quickly, um, but also hitting those key milestones that you need to, um, you know, in terms of the compliance, but also making sure that, you know, we as a collective trio, um, we went in with this mindset of, how are we going to be different? You know, what's going to differentiate this product to anything else that you just described? And ultimately, where we netted out was on this kind of two-for-one product, which is what Cleanly is. And it's not only a hand sanitizer. And I think that as, you know, as a microcosm is what we were getting out of, which is now that this product is daily use, consistent use, you're actually using this product you know, more than you're using your moisturizers for your face at home or your body lotions. Well, you know, how can we incorporate that into skincare? And, you know, once we were able to identify the need for the product, everything else we were able to stage around it. Um, But having that initial spark really is what set the stage for, you know, what you see now, cleanly. Yeah, well, necessity is the uh, root of all invention, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, great. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. We come back, we're going to talk about what is um, coming up for this exciting brand. So stay tuned. Today, I want to share with you one of LA's best restaurants, Rosso Blue. Chef Steve Sampson created the most incredible menu with handmade pastas and Italian wines. It really makes you feel like you're traveling without even leaving your city. So if you're here in LA or coming to visit, make sure you check them out. Also check them out at Rosso Blue LA on Instagram. And they've got a beautiful outdoor patio that makes you feel super safe while dining in. Thanks for sticking with us. And if you're just tuning in, I am chatting with Alex Sori, who is the co-founder of uh, Cleanly. 
which is an amazing moisturizing hand sanitizer, sanitizer in general, I guess, since I used it on my face, I can't just call it a hand sanitizer now, can I? Um, <laughs> but you guys have done such an amazing job ramping this product up, getting it into market. Um, I know you have some exciting new launches happening and uh, new formats and all that good stuff. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so we're super stoked. Um, we have launched into Alfred's, which are just amazing coffee shops in California, kind of LA, Beverly Hills area. And, you know, I think what's really important as a launching brand, there's there's obviously a couple different ways that you can view it, which is, you know, you get out of the gates and strong. We took a, a slightly different approach to it, which is we actually want to get the consumer feedback and we want to understand what consumers will say about our product. And I think that data collection in a pilot program is really important because okay. ultimately what we set up with Alfred's is this interactive um, point of purchase sale whereby people who are going in for a coffee can actually understand and try and feel and smell cleanly. So they go in and there's sanitizer pumps there that actually miss the product. So it replicates mm -hmm. what it's like on the retail product, which is that 30 ml size. And then once they obviously use it and they, they, you know, they rub it into their hands and the same experience that we've all been having. And, and to be honest, the product feedback has been just superb, like just insane how amazing the feedback has been, even better than what we were expecting. And um, it's therefore driven sales at point of purchase because people go, oh, you know, I, I really enjoy using this product. You know what? Let me see this. Okay, it's six ninety nine. That's a fair value price for what this is because you know I think in being um, competitive, we notice that there's some high end brands that that are priced above us. There's also products that are priced below us. But for the quality that we have, we think that it's it's such a compelling price point. And once consumers have interacted with the product, then there's an impulse impulse purchase being made. So that's what we've set up on the Alfred side that we're super stoked about. And, you know, we're really grateful to have them as partners. It's an amazing partnership to have. I mean, such a trendy uh, coffee shop. And the other important thing I think to note about that partnership is that, you know, people aren't going into a lot of places right now. Coffee shops are a no brainer. Like there's something that people are still doing on a daily basis. Um so I love that you guys have created that partnership. I would assume it's because of your deep roots, you know, in the CPG food and beverage community that allowed you to develop that partnership. And then you took it one step further, which is not only do we want to create this partnership, but we know that someone's not going to just recognize this brand. It's brand new. We need to give them an experiential moment where they can actually interact with it. And that will uh, further our, our point of sale purchases. So it's like all of the best practices that you guys know as a collective team put into place in that partnership. I think it's brilliant. No, look, appreciate that. And, and that's exactly what we're going for. And, and also to flip the script is, you know, on the Alfred side is now they don't have to offer, you know, a hand sanitizer that doesn't smell good or it smells offensive, whatever it may be. So now their consumers also have this added benefit. And, and mm -hmm. you know, it, within their communities, you know, it, I'm like probably like everyone else, I can't function without coffee in the morning. Um, and I'm one of those people that I'm like very routine about it. And so for people to have that kind of experience going back into, you know, whether it's retail or on some of these pop-up shops that are more outside, I, you know, that's why we thought it would be a, a compelling partnership because it goes on both sides. 
to your point. I mean, you're saving them money as well because you're providing them with this sanitizing solution also. So I I would imagine they were like, yeah, no brainer, let's do this. And of course, once you try the product, it's it's like even more of a no brainer. Um, On that topic, since you guys have so much experience in developing partnerships in uh, retail, in CPG, how would a new brand go about developing something like this? Like give us a couple of tips and tricks, best practices in either developing a new product line and then also uh, launching it into retail markets. No, it's a great question. And I think ultimately it depends on who's your demographic. And I think one thing that we've learned from the cleanly side is obviously initially we had this intent of who it could be and we designed the product for those people. And, you know, one of the things that we've quickly learned is being able to stay agile and being able to pivot and recognizing opportunities when they arise. And I think those are really key for anyone that's looking to launch a brand or anyone that's looking to add a product extension is if you can understand your consumer and what their need is, then I think ultimately you can present a product for them. I think another thing really from the financial side of it is around um, preparing your cogs and preparing your margins for growth. Mm -hmm. And within that, I I can't emphasize how important it is to generate free cash flow. And in saying that, you know, there's many brands that will come out of the gates and really just exhaust budgets within a very short time period. Now, that is a method can work. I, I definitely won't doubt that. Our approach has been let's understand the consumer. Let's get out of the gates and do little teasers. You know, do, let, let's try out, you know, one style of marketing here. Let's try out advertising over there. And all of that feedback that we can collect and all that, that data that we can use helps us drive decisions when we really want to inject cash into certain areas to grow the business, to grow viewership, whatever it may be. Um, and so I know it's very exciting in this new world and you can launch brands quickly. And obviously now that you have platforms like Shopify that makes, you know, selling online and integrating that with fulfillment companies, the whole thing really expedites and becomes a lot easier. Um, I do like to take a more conservative approach when growing the brand for that exact reason. Um, so yeah, it, I think it's really I, smart. It's it, and and to your point, I mean to unpack it a little bit more. Um, you know, people, like you said, people get really excited about launching a brand. It always amazes me when brands come to us and we ask them what kind of feedback mechanism they have, or if they have requested any kind of feedback from their existing audience. And I would say ninety percent of the time, the answer is no, and it just blows my mind because, like to your point, Alex, the best way for you to grow a brand. The smart way is to look at the data. And the only way to really collect the data is to talk to your consumers, whether it's in an on or or an offline capacity, collect the data and make really smart data-driven decisions, even as it relates to the creative process. And so many brands have that as a fail point. I don't don't get it. I mean, I I guess I wouldn't have a job if all brands (laughs) knew how to do that, but it just blows my mind how how few brands really dig in. And maybe it's because they're afraid of the feedback. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think that feedback can be harsh if that's the lens that you put on. But I also think that it's critical. And I think, you know, your podcast obviously does an exceptional job 
of explaining to the entrepreneurs out there and explaining to people who are looking to launch brands, want to elevate their brands, um, about how to accommodate for all of this. Um, mm-hmm. and, and there's no set formula, right? Every brand is going to be different. But I think ultimately what it stems down to is you, you just have to get a little nitty gritty with it and roll up the sleeves and have some of those tough conversations. Um, right. I think bad feedback is actually more appreciated than some of the good feedback. Um, I couldn't agree more. Only yeah, someone because- saying product is great doesn't really help me improve my product, right? Right. And it's like, you know, I, I think the product is great. You know, all the people that are in my network think the product is great. But, right. but outside of that, you know, you kind of have to go out of the comfort zone. And, and one of the things that, that very quickly came back to us and we were really appreciative of was um, around the way that we shipped product direct to consumer. And the feedback that we got is they said, you know, we like the box and, you know, we like how it's presented, but we feel like this isn't the most sustainable way to pack it. And so, you know, and this was only, mind you, you know, maybe a month and a half, two months ago. And so we quickly said, you know what, this is a a very small portion of the people who purchased Climbly Online that said this. I think it was maybe like 2%, 3% of people. And instead of kind of sweeping that under the rug, we said, great, you know, that's actually really good feedback. Like if we want to scale, you know, that population size may increase. And so in turn, what we've done is now, within the next three to four weeks, all of the direct-to-consumer shipments that we send out will now have you know, recycled material inside of it. So we're, we're making a big push for sustainability outside of just the product, but also how we're going to be shipping in preparation. And so we were really thankful for that feedback. And I think it's just important to always keep your, your ears to the ground in terms of you know, what are the consumers saying about your brand? Because ultimately, the success of a brand is based off the customer. Um, and there's really no way around it. And I think understanding your customer up front is the most important thing that you can do instead of focusing on a different customer because someone may not be you know, appreciative of what it is now. Right. It's that shiny object syndrome that so many startup brands fall into, unfortunately. Um, We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, I want to hear more about uh, the behind the scenes and some more ideas and, um, I guess, tips for entrepreneurs that are looking to start up. So stay tuned. If you're listening to this podcast, it's probably very likely that you've worked with a marketing agency that hasn't really worked out. That's why Elevate My Brand has developed our roadmap to marketing process. We use an extremely data-driven approach to show you exactly what your competitors are doing in the omnichannel space so that we can develop a strategy and tactical approach to success in your marketing. Call us today and let's get mapping. All right, guys, chatting with uh, Alex Suri, who is the co-founder of Calendly. Alex, before the break, we were talking about customer feedback and how valuable it is um, as you're launching a brand. I mean, you've launched dozens of brands, maybe more. Um, what are some of the good, bad, and ugly? I'd love to hear just some some case studies, things that you think people are doing really well, uh, things that you know are red flags that startups, entrepreneurs, and entrepreneurs listening in should stay away from. Sure. So we've launched, uh, from the Miku Biosciences side, we've launched brands um, from all different spectrums, right? From early stage startups, whereby it's, you know, some really talented visionary entrepreneurs that come in and, you know, they provide a scope to us and it's, you know, hey, we want to uh, uh, create X, Y, and Z. And we develop the formulas for them, prepare them for launch and consolidate down supply chains for accelerated growth, right? That's, that's one 
portion of the business. Another side to it is existing brands looking for product extensions. Another one is existing brands that had trouble in supply chains or trouble with quality and consistent manufacturing. And they come to us and they say, hey, look, we really need help on whether it's fill levels or it's QC documentation, and it's preventing them from getting into some of the bigger retail opportunities whereby their regulatory will go and actually audit us. Mm -hmm. So we've seen it from a bunch of different spectrums. And um, I think collectively, one thing that I would say is on the good side, the companies that do well know how to execute and they're, they're doers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they really, they set goals and they go out and, you know, on a, on a day-by-day basis, that's what they're looking to achieve. Where we have seen businesses um, potentially flop at launch or, um, they experience more horizontal sales. I say it's around um, unclarity, mm-hmm. and um, and it might not be from the uh, the leadership themselves, but it can actually be from the sell side. Interesting. Whereby they're trying to attract too many buyers, too many consumers. They're trying to get into too many retailers. They're trying and- to be everything to everyone, which is like the kiss of death. Exactly. And the problem is when you end up going down that, that rabbit hole, you spread yourself too thin. And ultimately, you want to go deep in one vertical, excel in that one vertical, and then take your business to another. Yeah. And um, I think that's a really important lesson to learn at any stage of the business and where you are. Because ultimately, if your product's not selling on a retail shelf, you might only be there for one slotting. You might be out the next. Right. So in saying that, you know, depending on the category that you're in, I think it's really important to get deep within that. So you know, attracting numerous retailers in that same category, or if it's e-com, um, or if it's even direct-to-consumer basis, is if you can actually get a deep dive into it, I think ultimately you're going to have much more success. Um, so that's, that's on one side that I would say is really important um, for people to understand. Um, so the big takeaway there is being focused, a, you know, don't be everything to everyone. Don't get shiny object syndrome. Got it. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and being pure with that narrative, uh, from top down, yeah. you know, I- internally as well. And, and so that people are all on the same page and you're not in, you know, the, there is an old uh, comedy skit and it's Abbott and Costello. It's who's on first. Oh, I love it. Yep. Um, and, I'm more and of a Laurel and Hardy you know, fan, obviously, for obvious reasons, you know, but it's okay. I'll let it pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's too funny. But I, I think ultimately the, uh, look, the narrative is in this new way that we work, which is faster, right? You think about how much time that, you know, that people lost last year with traveling and the trade shows and all these things. Um, now that we're working through um, collaborative and communicative softwares like a Monday or Asana's and, and whatever they may be. Um, it's very purpose-driven work. And um, I think that people need clarity around, you know, roles and responsibilities, you know, who's accountable for what, who's doing what. Um, and I think, you know, for management from top down, it, it has to be there um, to one, not run into a situation where you're spreading yourself too thin, but also the other side of that is, you know, just making sure that you have 
um, strong communication and continuity internally yeah. um, to help the, the business grow and grow faster. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Continuity is so important across every channel. I mean, what you're talking about is management down, but continuity across marketing channels, brand, I mean, all of those pieces really is what builds a strong brand that has longevity and ultimately will end up being a heritage brand, which I know you have a ton of experience with as well. Um, so we've got a few minutes left. So first thing I want to make sure we get to is how can people purchase the amazing products? Um, are you shipping nationally at this point? I know you're focused in major metro, like you're California, New York, Miami, but are you shipping nationally? Yep. So we ship nationally on our website, which is cleanly.co. Um, and then we can also be found in some really get great retailers um, in California, obviously all of the Alfreds, as well as in Colorado at Pickin Country Dry Goods. Um, in New York, coming soon uh, is the Goods Mart, um, which we love. And in Oregon, we're in, uh, in Francis May. Um, and then some more retailers are popping online soon. And then we're also on an e-com uh, business that's called Bubble Goods. So th those are the places that you can currently find us. Um, and we update our website as soon as we have more retailers or e-com partners that we sign on. Um, so you can always find if it's in your local area. Perfect. And are you guys going to be launching new product lines as a result of this? Are you focusing, uh, going to stick in this category? Um, what's the thought process there? Yeah, great question. Um, so the key to success for us is innovation and uh, tapping into that original ethos that we had. And then how do we develop that out further? Um, so Short answer is yes. Um, you know, in the background, we're working on some more sense, some more functional, purpose-driven sense, um, as well as uh, some other things that are cooking up in the background. So, uh, for us, this one SKU that we launched with was to uh, get out of the gates and see if there's a consumer for what we were selling at the price point that we're selling. And the answer is there is. And so, we're definitely going to dive into that a little bit more. And uh, through the pipeline uh, of products that we have kind of in our, up in our sleeve, uh, will definitely be some more sense and then some other exciting things behind it. So we can't wait to share that with everyone as well. Awesome. So uh, for those of you listening in, make sure you go to the website, uh, cleanly.co. Uh, they also have a really fun social presence. So make sure you follow them on the socials. Uh, in the last minute we have, I like to ask some quick fire personal questions. What's the one thing you could not live without during COVID and you can't say your product? Wow, that's tough. One thing I could not live without. Um, I mean, I'd probably have to say my uh, my Monday software and my phone. <laughs> those are, I spend my, the most amount of time on those two things. Totally fair. Cocktail of choice if you drink. Uh, definitely a Negroni. Uh -huh, I, love I think that might have been uh, Ryan's as well when he was on the show. Um, and then I guess last... the clever friends, right? I know, right? He's a <laughs> shout out to Ryan, by the way. We have to uh, to give him a little love for connecting the dots with us. Uh, and then last question, what is your favorite word and why? This could be something that just pops into your head right now or something that's had meaning for you over time. Favorite word? Um, right now, actually, is a word I've been using all day today. So I'm going to say connectivity. Hmm. Well, I mean, that's a perfect closer for us having the connectivity between our uh, collective creative brains uh, has been so much fun today. So Alex, thank you for being on the show. No, thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. Uh, any final words of wisdom before we wrap things up? Uh, I'd probably say for people to keep 
uh, tuning into Laurel's podcast. <laughs> uh, I didn't pay him for that, to... guys. That's yeah, too, super no, organic. Not at, <laughs> not, a, not at all. But I think I think the platform that you have is great, and I think that that people, you know, regardless of you know where they are in those development stages with a brand, can really use listening from you know everyone's insights that are in the community. So you know, collectively, collectively, I think what you've put together is is great. Oh, thanks, Alex. And thanks to everyone for tuning in. Stay tuned for more Elevate Your Brand coming up next. Music.